Hi, everyone. Welcome to this podcast for Cambridge Health Tech Institute's Fast Congress on Functional Analysis and Screening Technologies, happening this October 28th through the 30th in the Boston, Massachusetts area at Le Meridian Cambridge MIT Hotel. I'm Ann Wynn, an associate producer for the Congress, and I'm happy to have with us today a speaker from our Engineering Functional 3D Tissue Models meeting, Dr. John March. He's an associate professor of biological and environmental engineering at Cornell University. John, thanks so much for chatting with us today. My pleasure. So first question for you. Um, You're talking with us from Cornell in Ithaca, New York, and you've worked in the biological and environmental engineering department since, I believe, 2005. Is that correct? That's correct. And um, what's it been like working there? Um, How do you do your research there? How does it fit into that setting? Well, um, I I really enjoyed working in Ithaca. It's been a very supportive environment for my work. Uh, Cornell prides itself on low barriers to collaboration, and I think they really do make an effort to try to live up to that. And I found that, especially when I was an assistant professor, my department was really supportive of maybe some less than mainstream ideas that I've had through the years. They've um, gotten behind me on that kind of work and um, let me try to make it happen. Wonderful. And um, can you elaborate a bit on your interest in specifically the microorganisms of the GI or gastrointestinal tract and uh, why a 3D culture system there is particularly effective or necessary to aid research? Sure. Um, so, So the microorganisms of the upper GI tract have a unique position and they're permitted to exist um, in really close proximity to the host's own cells. And they've evolved with the host such that communication exists between the host's epithelial cells and the bacteria themselves, um, and also between the bacteria, different bacterial populations that are found in the GI tract. Um, And it's known now, and it's becoming increasingly um, more evident um, from, from actual data, that events in the body are reflected in the biochemical landscape of the intestine. Um, and, and bacteria, as we've always known about bacteria, at least at least since I've been in science, <laughs> maybe not that long, um, bacteria are constantly monitoring and responding to changes in the biochemical landscape and the physical landscape around them. And if you look at, I use as an analogy for this, if you think about how you know dogs are now being trained to smell tumors and other disease states in the host. Well, dogs have always been able to smell tumors. It's just that they've never been trained to care or to do that you know, in service to us. And bacteria are doing the same thing. They can, they can monitor changes in the biochemical landscape, and many of these changes occur when the host is sick, but they've never cared. Right? So they're taking in this information. Now it's just up to us to engineer them so that they can actually perform tasks on, in, on behalf of the host. And, and because of the complications of this system, you can imagine it's pretty complicated. First of all, it's, it's deep inside the body, although it's not really technically inside the body, it's outside. But it's hard to get a good in vivo model of this system to get real-time information and to understand how bacteria interact with this, with this both this physical environment and this biochemical environment. So our culture system allows us to do something that we can't do in vivo, and that is to model as best we can the conditions that bacteria actually encounter 
and try to gain an understanding of the rules and processes governing the interspecies communication that occurs within the intestinal mucosa. And uh, what methods and resources is your lab using to create these better um, 3D in vitro models for signaling interactions? And uh, what, what's the process you use to ensure that they are actually better uh, and closer to the reality? Right. Um, well, we use a number of techniques uh, ranging from novel polymeric processing um, to a number of different cell culture techniques. Uh, the literature in cell culture is, is expanding all the time. And... Um, we're taking advantage of that as, as much as we can, and we're also trying to develop our own cell culture techniques whenever we can to try to fill in the gaps where things are not known. Um, as far as trying to, to ensure that what we do is actually closer to reality, well, then we have to go back to what we can from in vivo models and see if you know, what knowledge we're gaining from those models matches up with what, what's happening in our in vitro system. And that's more challenging because, as I said, the in vivo models are kind of crappy. Not crap. I mean, they're just they're just not really good for real time assessment. So that's been a lot of the challenge is trying to figure out how to get good information from our in vivo systems and then use that to calibrate our in vitro models. I see. And um, you mentioned challenges already, but what are some of the more promising developments that you've encountered in the lab or in this entire field? Um, I mean, working in a research lab always has challenges. Every day comes with new challenges, and I think that's true for every lab. So one example, um, I mentioned polymeric processes. So we were trying to find a polymer that was both porous and flexible, and that's actually and, and biocompatible, and that's, that's a taller order than you would have thought. At least it was taller than we thought. Um, but um, my postdoc, uh, Dr. Kate Costello, was able to solve this problem by combining two techniques. One is called porogen leaching, and the other is you know, solvent extraction after the porogen leaching. So basically you're taking something like a salt, putting it in the polymer, and then dissolving the salt away, and then using a solvent to further dissolve the salt that gets lodged deep into the polymer. Because when you're trying to make these 3D structures, you end up having... A villi is, is, is a millimeter high, so you can't use the traditional etching and, and um, clean room techniques that are typically involved in making microfluidic devices. You have to have some other way of, of, of getting the properties that you want. So that, I think that's been one of the big challenges. And um, certainly the field is, is growing rapidly and you know, sometimes it's really tough to keep up with all the new developments, although we try to stay on top of them, especially on the cell culture side. I think that, that people are learning more and more about what proteins are involved in, um, in developmental biology and how these can be applied to primary cell culture. And I think that that area is really exciting right now. And uh, finally, uh, what will be the main focus of your talk at the FAST Congress's Engineering Functional 3D Tissue Models meeting on October 28th? Well, I'll be talking mostly about our recent advances in making a 3D in vitro model suitable to study primary intestinal culture and get the shape right. That's That's been something that's been lacking in the literature, and we've kind of, we've hit pay dirt on that somewhat. And... Um, and so I'll be talking a lot about that and then how it may be used um, in other application areas such as intestinal ecology and drug transport.
Sounds great. And we definitely look forward to hearing your live presentation um, about a couple of months from now. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to giving it. Thank you. Well, thank you, John, for making time in your schedule for us and sharing your experiences and insights into the, uh, this field. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate being included in the Congress. Absolutely. That was John March, Associate Professor of Biological and Environmental Engineering at Cornell. His presentation on 3D intestinal tissue models will take place on Monday afternoon, October 28th, during the Engineering Functional 3D Tissue Models meeting for this year's FAST Congress, October 28th through the 30th at La Meridian Cambridge MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This is Ann Wynn for Cambridge Health Tech Institute. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it.